Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Heart of the Order, your home for baseball and fantasy baseball with your host, me, Ralph Lark. And now, let's check in on The Heart of the Order. Take me out, take me out, take me out to that ball game. Welcome to The Heart of the Order, guys. Happy opening day to everybody. Fantastic news. Excited to be coming to you on this glorious opening day, the crest of opening weekend for the 2021 MLB baseball season. Exciting stuff for everybody who's a junkie like myself for the stuff. Excited to be talking to you again. We're finishing off episode three in a three-part series of our season previews of the divisions. So we've been doing them in tandem. We did the Centrals together, the West Divisions together, and thusly we are at the Eastern Divisions now. So this episode, that's what we will cover, fully recognizing that the season did start today. You all still need your homework, though. You can re- you can check in over the weekend. And so you'll have this to help you do it. And don't forget, we're marching towards our DFS Primer podcast tomorrow. You really want to get into that while we deep dive a lot of my process and this is to circumvent meeting me every single day. This way, when we do have the podcast, it can be comparative. Okay, that's that. Let's get through the heavy lifting first. Who we are, where can you find us? Because that's for the first-time offenders. If you are a repeat offender, by the way, love you too. But for the first-time offenders, welcome to Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. This isn't the only podcast we have, but it's the baseball one, right? There's a website, www.tigerbombsae.com. If you go there, you click on the Heart of the Order page, boom, you can listen to this podcast. And actually, guys, I have some DFS important tips and notes that are on that page as well. Always been on that page for an entire year. Stuff that you should always be thinking about. Weather, contest size, yada, yada. I'm call- They have, I think it's like the DK fantasy tips on there or something like that. But obviously, I've moved over to FanDuel. And so we will generalize the term but the considerations are the same. That's all at the website. You can listen to this there, too. Uh, anywhere that you like to listen to your podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever, search for Tiger Bob Sports Audio Entertainment. Like and subscribe. You'll be able to catch this as well as all the other podcasts, like what happened, part of the order, um, you know, the process, what have you, and anything else coming in the future. So you'll have that way to listen as well. And then, of course, if you are a social media person, you can connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Twitter, it's at, excuse me, it's at H of the O, T-B-S-A-E. That's at H of the O, T-B-S-A-E. And then for Facebook, it's at Heart of the Order, the number one, at Heart of the Order. Okay, that's how you stay connected with me. Get your baseball dreams realized however you wish. No. What we got for today? Today on tap, we're going to talk about first and foremost the NL East, and then we'll go to the AL East, and then you'll have my little thoughts about each of these teams as we jump into the season and move forward to our primer podcast tomorrow. So, without further ado, I would say we just we just hop right on this thing, right? So, let's start with the Washington Nationals. Incidentally, not going to play today. A little bit of COVID concerns over there. But this team has done some things. They haven't exactly been stagnant. Try to uh, really keep it together. This is a division where it's kind of like 
I know Atlanta wants to think it's theirs clear-cut in the way, but Washington would love to have something to say about that. They've taken some steps over the offseason to bring in some guys. Shortstop, Trey Turner. Left field, they bring in Kyle Schwarber from the Cubs. Right field, Juan Soto. Love that bat, love that power. Lefty profile, mashing it. And they go and add Josh Bell to make you more dynamic at first base. The heavy bopper coming over from Pittsburgh. Love everything about him. I think even if you have a down year in a bad spot, you can change that um, just by being uplifted by a winning culture. And so I do see better things for Josh this year. Starlin Castro, consistent at second. Um, Yan Gomes. Victor Robles in center field, and then Carter Keboom at third base. Very much a joke if your name is Keboom and you have no Kaboom and you are stick. Probably the end of that lineup a little bit you know, dicey, but for, for the most part, that's a solid lineup. That's better than a lot of teams are putting out there. Top of the order, obviously, a, a, you know, a lot to love there. Trey Turner really trying to maintain this status as a as a player who can get on and really get over for fantasy purposes, really get us a lot of points, doing things like stealing and getting RBIs and just, you know, scoring. Like, he's just, a, you know, a pinball for the points when he's healthy. So we're hoping for that. Schwarber at left is going to be interesting to see if he can keep that pop. Um, but they are very dangerous at the top of that lineup. As far as their bench goes, they've re-signed Ryan Zimmerman. They have Alex Avila, Luis Garcia, Josh Harrison, and Andrew Stevenson. Not a bad bunch, not a bad bunch, but the, you know this team is really supposed to be anchored by their pitching, and so I do feel like it's complimentary for it's for a team that's putting money elsewhere. That's a very decent group, right? And so, what's the pitching look like? We've got Max Scherzer, Steven Schrausberg coming back off of injury, Mac, uh, Patrick Corbin who didn't look great last year. They get John Lester, and they have Joe Ross. So this group. You know, it's like you, you say these names, you know, two seasons ago, maybe season ago, two seasons ago, and you think, wow, you know. But now the rubber's kind of come off a little bit. Scherzer's Scherzer, of course. We'll have to start to see if he can maintain that. A lot of innings over the last couple of years, in my opinion. Strasburg has got to stay healthy and stay in there. But that's a big boon getting him back. And, and Patrick Corbin, if he can somehow get better this year, if he can somehow... Um, have some better outings. Find a way to keep it under four. You know, this is a, is a decent lineup behind him defensively. I don't have a problem with that. But he, he's got he's to turn the corner because as a three, not exactly enticing. Lester may be more of a three. It, we have to see what's left in the tank. I really thought he was slowing down considerably in Chicago. And he was still going after that. So, I mean... I'm skeptical. I think, you know, maybe start of the year, this is great, but he, he could spend some time on the injury list. I think he could also just, you know, you know, need some days. So we have to see how far the back end of that top rotation can go. But they have Brad Hand closing, which is great. Daniel Hudson, Tanner Rainey, Will Harris, Wander Suero, Kyle Finnegan, Kyle McGowan, and Luis Avalon. So... Group of guys who I think they can sort of, you know, they're not going to burn you. And it's all about those those starting pitchers. Like, you know, how early do we need to go to the bullpen? Or conversely, how late can we stave it off, right? So, you know, if those back-end guys are getting tossed up a little bit and we're having to get them out early, I think this bullpen is going to get worn down. 
Um, but if they can log some innings, for better or worse, and keep them fresh, I don't see why they, sh- why they shouldn't be sustainable as a group. All right, let's move on to the Miami Marlins. Surprise playoff darlings last year. Didn't Not a lot of folks saw this one coming. You know, pretty decent lineup. I love how they profile. I love this park for pitchers, and they've just been cranking out a lot of talent that pitching. A lot of dudes took some step forwards last year. Sandy Alcantara took a big step forward last year. Um, I think even Sixto Sanchez took a step forward. They've got an interesting bunch right here. Um, but let's get start with the lineup. They've got Corey Dickerson left field, Starling Marte at center field, Garrett Cooper at first, Brian Anderson, you know, one of those he's a Marlin. He's a home, you know, a homegrown guy. Uh, trying to really make it a, a job there, right? Um Adam Duvall, they bring in right field, Jazz Chisholm at second. I don't know a ton about Jazz. Jorge Alfaro catching and then Miguel Rojas shortstop position. So it thins out towards the back of that there. Lewis Brinson on the bench, Chad Wallach. They bring Jesus Haziar, excuse me, Jesus Aguiar, Woo. and John Birdie and uh, Magnus Sierra. So, I mean, not an overwhelming bunch, but the pitching is what keeps these guys in the game. Rotation, Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Eliezer Hernandez, Sixto Sanchez, Trevor Rogers. All guys who profile well, when you consider the park that they have, um, you know, a lot of their losses are probably going to come on the road. But when they're at home, it's a cavernous place. They know how to play to it. Sandy's obviously at the top of this lineup. I don't mind Pablo and Eliezer and Sixto. Trevor, um, I believe, was in San Diego prior, if I'm not mistaken. But, again, I don't hate this bunch. Jeter's shown us that as far as a leader goes, he's pretty quality. He's putting together a decent team. They weren't afraid to trade players that they didn't feel like were playing. They've got some young talent they can kind of try to hopefully key around if these guys can take more steps forward this year. They've obviously got some opportunity on the side of the bats, but there's some guys that could surprise us. Um, But there's a lot of responsibility on the shoulders of Corey Dickerson, Starley Marte, and you could even argue Garrett, Garrett Cooper, Brian Anderson. Duvall's coming in to mitigate some of that. That gets you a little longer, but, I mean, the end of this lineup is kind of brutal in my opinion. And so you got guys who are holding on, just trying not to strike out. I don't know if they'll have as much success this year as they had last year, but it will be interesting to see what they think about doing at the deadline. Anthony Bass in the bullpen, closing it out. Yemi Garcia, Richard Blyer, James Hoyt, Adam Simber, Stephen Tarpley, Paul Campbell, Zach Pop. I'm not exactly impressed. I want to see what they do over the course of a couple of games. I may think about targeting this group, actually. All right, let's move on to the Philadelphia Phillies. And I like the Phillies. They're an interesting team because their market is crazy. It's like they're near New York. It's a big market team technically. More of a bigger market than Chicago, but very similar in nature to Chicago. I feel like... The Phillies are an interesting bunch because they'll spend money. They will. And they'll try to keep up. Sometimes things haven't panned out for them, but can't hurt a guy for trying, I guess. Um, Take a look at this Phillies lineup here. McCutcheon, Andrew McCutcheon, top of that lineup. Not the same guy of old, but if he can stay healthy, he obviously um, is a spark that this lineup needs if he can stay healthy. Alec Baum in third, Bryce Harper, right, right field. Um, JT Real Muto, they get him back. Reese Hoskins at first. Didi Gregorius at shortstop, got him back, signed him back. Gene Segura at second, Roman Quinn at center field. And so 
streaky lineup is what I think. Sometimes they just they don't have anything, and at other times they can hit the ball. Uh, more, like seems like more at home they hit it. So I'm a little skeptical to see if they'll be able to put in some repeat performances. I'm not itching to get these guys in my lineup. I need them to prove it. If anything, McCutcheon earlier the season, the older guy, he should he should have some pop. I'm interested in him right away. Maybe Gregorius. Um, possibly Seguro, we'll see. But that's not a terrible lineup, but they need to do it. They need to do it. We can't give you name recognition alone. So a lot of guys going to have to be them usual selves for them to have the key to success unlocked. Bench-wise, Scott Kingery, um, you know, they he's a key part of what they do as far as utility goes. And when he gets those opportunities, he's got to make them count. Andrew Knapp, Adam Hazley, Kyle Garlick, Ronald Torres as well coming off of the bench as far as the rotation goes you've got Aaron Nola currently dealing today Zach Wheeler frontline guy Zach Eflin Spencer Howard Vince Velasquez who's seen better days not a terrible group um, the top two quite serviceable the rest of it a little skeptical in the bullpen you've got Archie Bradley closing it Hector Neris Jose Alvarado Connor Brogdon Ranger, Suarez, Jojo Romero, David Hill, Ramon Rosso. They should be fine. But again, I worry about being overused if the back half of the rotation doesn't hold up or even if there's an injury. They look a little thin. They look pretty thin, basically. So I think this is a team where they might get taxed a little bit, right? We have to watch and see. But at first, obviously, none of that is uh, prevalent as we've just started the season. Shouldn't be tired, right? It's going to be an interesting squad. Offense is going to have to carry this group. Pitching is not going to get it done. Um, defense probably isn't going to get it done. Offense is going to need to carry this group. So, like I said, a lot of the names are going to have to turn back the time, hands of time, and, and make it happen. On to the Mets, the celebrated Mets, doing all type of things in the offseason. They bring in James McCann, Francisco Lindor. They trade for him and Cookie Carrasco, Carlos Carrasco. So they've got a formidable bunch. Uh, they are going to be without Cespedes, right? No longer with him. And Robbie Cano, who just cheated his way out of the Hall of Fame. Um, good riddance. So let's take a look at what they have here. Shortstop Francisco Lindor just got paid today. So he's going to party like it's Friday night, even though it's Thursday. Centerfield, Brandon Nimmo. Jeff McNeil playing second. Uh, Pete Alonzo at first. Dominic Smith in left field, Michael Conforto at right field, uh, catching James McCann, as we said, comes over. J.D. Davis playing third. I like this bunch. I like this bunch. Offensively, I think that's going to be fun to watch. They have Tomas Nito catching uh, off the bench. Luis Guillermo, who's trying to play himself into a role for real. Albert Almora Jr. Kevin Pillar, they signed him. I like Kevin Pillar. He's coming off the bench, and uh, Jonathan Villar, um, all-time utility man. So there's a lot to like about this Mets team. I like their versatility. Like, if guys need a day off, these guys coming off the bench are seriously pushing it anyway as everyday players. So, yeah, there's a lot to like about the configurations that they can do here. And then, of course, the pitching is the pitching. So Jacob deGrom. Looking to be his usual dominant self, Carlos Carrasco, and this is an upgrade park for Carlos, upgrade shift in park for Carlos. So he's got that going in his favor. They bring in Marcus Stroman, Joey Lucchese, and Tywin Walker. When you think about the park, I think this will be a serviceable group. Tywin Walker definitely a little bit questionable, 
in my opinion, though. And then Noah Syndergaard, at some point, they'd be getting him back late in the year. After Tommy John, I you know I'm not one to be really high on these guys coming back the first season after, and so you know I'm I'm not going to depend on that the way that they seem to be to some degree, because it looks like they're a little light on pitching if you take him out of the uh, equation off the bull uh, out of the bullpen. Edwin Diaz closing, Trevor May, Dylan Budhansons, Uris Familia, Seth Lugo, Robert Gesellman, so very good bunch there. I don't think they'll have any problems getting to the end of games for sure with this Mets team. They're built to win. I'm not going to lie. It's an impressive bunch. They're built to win. Um, I think the pitfalls for me happen to – oh, they also have Aaron Loop and David Peterson in the in the uh, bullpen. But the pitfalls for me definitely come from this, uh, you know, reliance on Syndergaard as being like this third – pitching thing and then Carrasco is supposed to be healthy and come back and be better than he was like you're you're asking a lot right and so I decided to grime it's like a prove it thing for a lot of these guys and so we'll have to see um looks like they're gonna need to put points on the board to stay in these games unless the grime's on the hill finally in the NL East those Atlanta Braves um pretty nice season last year and then they go out and sign Charlie Morton in November amazing i love it may not have mike soroka to start the year we'll see how they handle this uh skipper brian snicker said they wouldn't go with a six-man rotation though no nldh this year so this team in particular the braves they they got to figure out excuse me lunch they got to figure out where they play freddie freeman in the lineup um so they can maximize usage uh, Marcelo Zuna is getting, you know, he's back, and then they add Drew Smiley. So this team, you know, I know a lot of people aren't exactly high on Smiley, but he's got strikeout stuff, and he's been serviceable in the right formats. Uh, Austin Riley is a gamer, and he works hard to improve. There's no doubt about that. He's also improving. He's also proving much better than expected defense at third base, and so he's really trying to make a spot for himself stick here. It's the hitting part that's concerning. Riley can murder mistake pitches but he needs to be able to recognize breaking pitches better um in the limited arena of the 2020 season it did look like some improvement could be developing um his average is up marginally from 226 to 239 obp up 22 points and k rate down noticeably from 36.4 to 23.8 i've still got some uh love for him and some hope for him that's why i mentioned all that they grabbed Kipnis in a minor league deal, too, so he's hanging around. We'll see if he can make something out of that. That's interesting. Without the universal DH hitter, Ozuna, not known as a defensive wizard, is going to have to play left field, right? So the Braves reiterated their faith that Ozuna can be an average outfielder, and that's going to be how they sort of get these guys all out there. The center fielder job isn't cemented, though, but the job likely going to be for rookie Christian Pache, a phenomenal defender who's developing his offense. Let's take a look at that lineup. Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Zuna, Travis Darno, Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, Christian Page. That's deadly as they come, man. Up and down. They're gonna give you they're gonna give you fits up and down that lineup. And then as far as the pitchers go, Max Fried, Mike Soroka, Ian Anderson, Drew Smiley, Charlie Morton. Anderson, they're hoping, can take another step forward. Smiley, they're hoping they can get. Some of his better end stuff out of there. Charlie Morton is gas. Freed is gas. Soroka, not available to start the year. But when he comes in, these are all guys who 
I mean, Morton can can get some strikeouts, but a lot. You know what I really like about Freed and Soroka is these guys just get the job done. It's like they they got this boring game, ground outs and stuff. But you look up, it's the six, and you guys only had three hits all day, right? And he's just up there working you, working you. So I like that for them. Um, I, I really, honestly think that the p- pitching has been a strong point for this team. They have a tough division, but they seem to be able to weather the storm with the guys they have. So the top end of that, um, plus Ian Anderson is going to have to really do their job. I think they get the smiley that they're looking for, um, but it's going to be fun, no doubt, because there's just so much parity in these leagues. So Charlie Morton obviously adds a big um, spike to what they're doing, but I, I love this. I'm high on them. I love this. All right, so where do we put this all together? Who's the worst? I think worst out of these teams is probably going to end up being Miami. They fall back down there after taking a step forward this year because I think the Phillies don't end up as the worst. And first of these teams, I think, is still Atlanta. Washington, that's a good squad. And if there's an injury or two in Atlanta that could easily fall apart, Washington, I'm going to say not even a step behind, just a half step behind in my opinion. But uh, that is how the NL East shakes out presently. Well, let's slide right along to the AL East. Why don't we try and do that? Sorry about that. Just the mic a little bit. So the AL East, if we want to jump in here and finish out our episode, so you guys can get back to watching baseball or start watching baseball, whatever. Let's go with the Baltimore Orioles to start out. They bring back Wade LeBlanc, sign Freddie Galvis. This team signs Matt Harvey. Interesting. I mean, obviously, I understand why for him. He's trying to make a team show. He's still got a little something in the tank. They're looking for guys to fill spots. They feel like they can win a few games here and there. Matt Harvey, I don't know. I don't know if there's a guy you want to turn loose on your younger guys and show him his kind of culture, but maybe he takes a step forward. Maybe he found Jesus or something that I don't know about. But they signed Felix King Felix Hernandez, opted out last season, now 34 years old, one-year deal, one million bucks, trying to play it back in, y'all. Hoping to go here, make some noise in the first half of the season, and then maybe get traded to a contender is what the is what the thought is. And for them, it makes sense. It's like if he can help get us wins, then great for that. If we can move him for some for some more prospects and pieces that make sense, let's do that. I'm sure the thought process is similar with Harvey. I just don't think there's any tread on those tires. Trey Mancini is back. Colon cancer surgery can't keep a man down, so we like to see that, and hopefully he brings some pop back into that lineup. They bring in Yomer Sanchez off waivers from the White Sox. My my guy, he's going to play some second base here. He had some versatility to that lineup, um, and Jemai Jones was acquired earlier this month from the Los Angeles Angels in a deal that sent starting pitcher Alex Cobb out west. So here's what they look like. Lineup-wise, you're going to see Cedric Mullins in center field, Anthony Santander, Trey Mancini, the agent probably, Ryan Mountcastle at first, Austin Hayes at left field, Pedro Severino catching, Rio Ruiz at third, Freddie Galvis at short, Yomer Sanchez at second. They're scrappy. These guys are going to, they've got quite a few switch hitters. They get, they're versatile. They're going to continue to hit lefties, like Santander. These guys are going to hit lefties. Rio Ruiz, I think he can hit some lefties. Um, but there's some versatility in this lineup. Yomer Santez, a switch hitter, he adds versatility. Mullins, he's got that speed. He needs to find a little more at the bat for me, but a, lo- a ton of speed. And then you have 
Uh, off the bench, Chance Cisco backup catching. Chris Davis, for the love of God, let that deal in. Chris Davis with the C. Uh, outfielder DJ Stewart, infielder Pat Vileka, and then Richie Martin. So I, I, it's a scrappy bunch. I think they're going to be similar to what they were last year, which is exciting offensively sometimes. They can put up points at points offensively. And so I continue to look for the platoon opportunities that make sense for them, and I cannot stress it enough. It's lefties in Baltimore. Bad lefties in Baltimore are, are going to get tested, I think. Rotation-wise, John Means, Keegan Aiken, Dean Creamer, Jorge Lopez, Bruce Zimmerman is what we're dealing with. And you have Felix Hernandez. So we'll see. I don't think there's a lot of lot to like right there. This team is going to get beat up on, in my opinion. Um, Hunter Harvey in the bullpen, Tanner Scott, Paul Fry, Dylan Take, Sean Armstrong, Travis Lakin Sr., Cesar Valdez. So I'm in. I think they provide some offense, but they also will give up some offense. So Baltimore, not a terrible squad. They're sort of entering into a new age for them in terms of thinking about new age things to sort of help drive where they take the team, and that's a very new concept for them. Uh, young buddy group, but we'll see what they make. How about the Yankees? Let's go Yankees next, huh? Talk about these New York Yankees. So Yankees re-signed DJ LeMay, best $93 million you ever hear of getting spent. All worth it, man. That dude is uh, MVP, McCall MVP caliber. Excuse me. They signed Corey Kluber, obviously coming off some injuries, but looking to really uh, get it revamped. Uh, him there in New York. Sometimes it works for guys. Sometimes it doesn't. Masato Tanaka headed back to Japan, going to the Nippon League. Sayonara, my friend. So this is how this team's going to line up. They have LeMayu, Aaron Judge, Aaron Hicks, who they just won't give up on for the love of God. This guy should be a, a Colorado Rocky already or something. Giancarlo Stantone, DHing. Luke Voigt at first. Going back to the well there. Gleyber Torres at short. Clint Frazier in left field. Gio Ursula at third. Gary the Goat catching. Give it, a, give it another go with Gary. Um, there are some guys that they're still holding – you know, some faith in. For instance, on the bench, Brett Gardner. Um, and they still have Mike Tauschman, too, who's a nice trade chip. Um, but Kyle Higashioka and then Mike Ford as well. And Thyro Estrada. So, you know, I love the lineup. Love the lineup. These guys are on top to bottom dead. Top to bottom dead hitters. So I think Aaron Hicks has got to turn it on at some point. Like, this has got to be it, dude. Like, you've got to try it. Stay healthy and, and get those swings. I mean, he profiles so well. It's just always so surprising when he does so poorly, in my opinion. Um, and then, as far as the rotation goes, Garrett Cole bringing gas. Corey Kluber. Jameson Tyong coming over from Pittsburgh. I love it, man. That kid has got good stuff. Jordan Montgomery. De Devi Garcia. And Luis Severino at some point is going to be coming back to us until the end of the season. I don't think you need to count on that, though. Too many times we count on that, and these guys just aren't themselves right away. Then the next season removed from, from these Tommy Johns and stuff, yeah, it's, it's better, right? Also, new guys big to New York, that can be daunting, too. And we have fans back now, so I think that may make it less of an easier time. Tayon's younger, Kluber's a little older, maybe he handles it better, but I'm not just going to be sold on those names being who they normally are. I got to see you make it translate in the Big Apple before I believe you're not affected by it. 
They've got Araldis Chapman coming out of the bullpen. Zach Britton, Chad Green, Darren O'Day, Justin Wilson, Luis Sessa. Good group, not going to give up much. Think about it, Chapman, though. Still going to be serviceable, but he's like, you know, low 100s now, whereas he was 105 before, right? He's not touching that now. He's 101 if he's lucky, but a lot of guys are 101. So he's going to have to find better control. He's going to have to, his off-speed pitch is going to have to work on that a little bit or something. Something because you can't be the same pitcher that you were at 105. The stuff doesn't deliver the same way, and it'll get knocked out of the park, right? So there's some serious concern about that. But the Yankees are built to go. And we know if the deadline comes and it makes sense, they'll make a move. You know, Hal Steinbrenner is not exactly like that. It's not like before where they're just going to throw money at it because they recognize there's something about the fact that you play the Yankees and they beat up on you and you look at the payroll disparities. And it's like it's got to be embarrassing to some degree. And so, you know, Hal even said this year they walked it back down. They wanted to get under the – Luxury tax line, whatever that is. I can't think of the number right off the head. It's like two something, right? 222 something, whatever it is. But they got under that, and they're going to continue to look for ways to be savvy when they can. But you better believe if a splash is there to be made, well, they're going to try and make that splash to get themselves over the hump. I do think with the Eloy Jimenez injury, this puts them ahead of the White Sox for sure. If these guys can stay healthy and gel, that's really what we need is a healthy judge, a healthy stand, a healthy Hicks, a healthy Vo- like healthy Torres, healthy Ursula, healthy Gary Goat. Like you guys got to stay out there. Lemayu is going to do what he does, and let's put it all together around him. Let's go with the Boston Red Sox next. They bring Alex Cora back. It's like virtually there was no consequences for the cheating thing for him. I don't know how I feel about that, but I just wanted to point that out to you. Ben Attendee's gone, so is uh, JBJ, Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, they signed Gonzalez to a one-year contract. He turns 32 on March 14, brings val- uh, valuable defensive versatility to the Red Sox. And, guys, when I say Gonzalez, I'm talking about um, – I'm sorry, I'm talking about Marwin Gonzalez. Sorry, I had something to happen. Um but, yeah, he can play in some different spots and really diversify that lineup, right? Um, he's played every position every um, he's played every position except pitcher and catcher in the MLB. So he's got a super utility option that makes him very attractive along with Kike Hernandez, who they also picked up this year. So those two, those two super utility guys really make this team uh, able to come at you in various different ways. So that really changes um, – how they stack up against your pitching. Franchi Cordero, uh, he's going to get an everyday opportunity to be a primary left fielder. They got him in a bend attendee day trade, excuse me, and Cordero is athletic. He's uber talented. This is a dude, he's a uh, mystery, right? He's only got 95 big league career games, basically. And so we're still trying to figure out who and what he's going to be. They signed Hunter Renfro, a right-handed um, batter who mashes lefties. Um... So, let's take a look at what we have here. Projected lineup, Alex Verdugo, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, who's the premier hitter in the league now. Bogarts is still pretty good. J.D. Martinez is trying to hold on. He's falling off a little bit, but we'll see if he can hold on. Christian Vasquez uh, catching Hunter Renfro, Franchi Cordero, Bobby Dalbeck, uh, and then Kike Hernandez. 
as we said. So I like the lineup. I like how versatile they are. Verdugo coming over last year in that Dodgers deal. I'm okay with this team, but they can only go as far as the pitching can carry them, which may not be far. Nathan Ivaldi, Eduardo Rodriguez, Garrett Richards, Martin Perez, Nick Pavetta, Chris Sale. Those are the guys. Sale is sale. We know how that'll go. Garrett Richards, if he can piece it together, maybe they can be interesting. But this team is missing quite a few pieces, like to be honest with you. And I think they're taking a step back, getting clear of some money, assessing where they want to go. But they're a very liquid team right now. They got rid of dudes like Moreland and stuff like that. And so they look interesting. Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Jays. Let's talk about them. Deadly team. Took a step forward last year. Made the playoffs, which is phenomenal for them. Um, they have in their lineup now George Springer, who they've just signed. Marcus Simeon comes over to play second as well. But now they've got Bo Bichette, T.L. Oscar Hernandez, Vlad Guerrero Jr., who's dropped 41 pounds. Incredible. That's going to help his swing, make him more dangerous. Kevin Biggio. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Rowdy Telez at first, and then Danny Jansen catching. We know Jansen's not much in the lineup, but the rest of these dudes, they got some pop. These dudes aren't going to be afraid to go up against much people. Um, you'd like to see them be a little bit more versatile. It's a lot of righties, if anything, but these guys can really hit. Doesn't mean they can only hit righties. Some of them can hit lefties, but Springer, you know, huge signing. He's hurt right now. But they should get him back soon. I think Grichuk's going to play while he's out, and we know Grichuk can can mash when he wants to. Jonathan Davis, Santiago Espinal, and Reese McGuire, the other guys coming off the bench. So I like the everyday lineup. I like the everyday lineup. I don't know how much more they need to go out and get. It's just about those guys continuing to develop, obviously staying healthy, and then those veterans playing their roles. Uh, Pitching-wise, they got their man Hunjin Ryu, who's going to you know be the marquee tar- part of the rotation. And then Robbie Ray, Really hoping to, to find it again, find that strikeout stuff that made him so good for so long. And then you have Tanner Roark, who I think it's not, I don't think he's going to find it. He's holding on. Maybe he's still a big league pitcher, but a part of me isn't quite buying it quite yet. Or anymore, rather, I should say. And then Ross Stripling, really serviceable out in um, LA. He played that long reliever role so well, sometimes bouncing in and out of the rotation which is great um but he's getting a legit shot here i like that i think he can do well with that um i like what these guys have ryu ray stripling i'm there i'm there for it peterson and roark i'm a little more like we got to see what that is um kirby yates out of the bullpen jordan romano rafael dolis ryan barucki and then shun yamaguchi and then julian mayweather merriweather and then tyler chatwood and steven matt so i like the bullpen with matt's and chatwood especially i'm high on those guys they don't have the best stuff in the world but in the in those relief roles i think they can be pivotal to success for this team so i think they're deeper than most people think i don't think they're going to give up too too much at the end of games like i like this group I, you know it's not the best like it's not like the white Sox closers but they're okay. They'll make do with it, with what they have for sure. Um, overall, Toronto Blue Jays took a step forward last year, and, and if their players can mature those younger guys, they're going to continue to take a step forward and just get more and more dangerous. Finally, let's talk Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays are good, man. The Rays, you know, made it made it last year seem like it was just so easy when you think about how little payroll they had and how much success they had teams like the yankees gotta feel bad about that right but 
this Rays team does some revamping. They get rid of some guys. They bring on some new guys. They're always good at finding the next dude, getting the next guy up. Nick Anderson, they know he's going to throw gas. And so they're, you know, they're able to get rid of like Yarborough or, or not Yarborough. Um, they got rid of like Morton. They let some dudes go. The Rays are ready. They're going to keep playing. They're going to keep raying you. The Rays are going to ray. They're going to keep raying you. That's what they do. The Rays are going to ray. And so if they have their lineup healthy, that'll be the the offensive bump that this team needs because pitching-wise, I really like what they're going to put out here this year. They're going to be right in the thick of things, and they're going to throw a lot of stuff at you, a lot of scenarios that a lot of teams aren't going to be able to handle because the bit pieces that they have are so good as far as pitching goes. Let's take a look at this lineup. Austin Meadows, Brandon Lowe, Randy Arozarena. Boy, Randy, Brandon Lau, excuse me, and then Randy Rosarena. So Austin Meadows, you know, he's got to stay healthy, but I, he's so much promise, so much pop. I love that he lefty profiles. This is great. Top of the lineup, if he can stay healthy, he provides so much versatility for them. He just gets on, and that's easy RBI stuff right there. I love him. Lau's got to be a big bopper, but Rosarena came out of nowhere last year in the playoffs, wowed us all, showed that he can really do it at the plate. And he's a younger guy, you know, he may have some struggles and some ups and downs with the with the elongated season, but for the most part, he's the real deal. Um, I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but uh, hopefully he settles in and enjoys a sophomore season that is memorable. G-Man Choi, um, we, he's pretty consistent year over year, you know what you're going to get with him um, against those righties, he'll give you a decent platoon guy, Joey Wendell, Yoshi Sisugo, Willie Adams, Kevin Kiermaier, Mike Zanino. Kiermaier with all that speed. Zamir Zanino not giving you much of the bat, but the rest of these guys, they just play Ray Ball. They're going to get on somehow, work those counts, steal when possible. Like they have some speed, right? They can move the ball. They can bunt the ball. They're going to small you to death. They have Mike Brisson on the bench, Yandy Diaz. They bring in Francisco Mejia. Got to see if this guy can hit, man, or else he's not going to be around. Manny Margot, who I love. He's got a lot of speed. And Brent Phillips. So, it's a speedy group. It's a defensive group. I think there's enough pop here as long as everybody stays healthy. The Rays are really good, in my opinion. Um, look at the rotation. Tyler Glass now. They bring him in from Pittsburgh. That's I think that's going to play well. He's a better pitcher than most people think. But this is a culture where they make guys better. And so I think Glass now is going to enjoy some of his best work here. They have Ryan Yarborough, Chris Archer, who they bring back. I love that. He was in Pittsburgh. Um, middling results. I think he's going to enjoy an uptick coming back to Tampa Bay here. There's a familiarity with the team, with what they do, with who they are, with what they want from him, I think, perhaps. Um, and I could see better a better season for Archer than last year. Michael Walker, they're going to try to squeeze some juice out of that thing. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and then Rich Hill, very interested in what they do with Rich and how they keep his longevity uh, a thing because he's obviously up there again serviceable in years but just a perfect scenario for him with the way they do the opener things and all that stuff so again this team looks loaded when you see the bit parts that they put together nick anderson this is why you can let your star closer go when you know you got nick anderson coming up who proved himself last year diego castillo john curtis pete fairbanks ryan sheriff ryan thompson ryan yarborough jonathan loiza domingo herman these dudes are loaded. These dudes are absolutely loaded. And so when I take a look at this pitch, like the, the way they're going to use these pitchers, 
and the pieces that they have, it's going to be nasty. So I don't see any reason why they can't enjoy the same amount of success as they did last year. And honestly, if we were to put a bow on this team, like, so where do they stack up versus the Yankees is really what we're talking about in the AL East, right? Like the worst is probably going to be Baltimore Orioles. And then I think Toronto is just a step below these guys. The Yankees can only hold a candle to Tampa Bay if they stay healthy. If the Yankees can't stay healthy, then Tampa Bay will outright win the division. So I think I will go with them anyway as repeaters of winning the division because they've loaded up, loaded back up with some um, more than serviceable pieces. They look formidable on paper. So that's your AL East. And guys, that's all of our teams. And so, you know, just meant to be some quick thoughts, first glance at these guys and what they put out, get you familiar, get you ready talking baseball. And then with tomorrow's podcast, we're going to dive a little further into uh, analytics and context and making everyday plays. Um, and we will have the advantage of having tonight's results at our fingertips, too. So good watching. Good luck. If you guys are playing, enjoy your opening day. And I hope you've enjoyed our um, beginning of the season previews here. And uh, we'll just keep moving forward with the heart of the order. Peace. The Heart of the Order is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.